TLR. How's everyone doing tonight? You guys feeling all right? You good? Awesome. Well, man, what an amazing start. This is crazy up here. Um, like, and I don't know, um, Mitch, who's our producer back there, he came to me after the confetti pop and he goes, hey, do you know where the fire extinguisher is? And I was like, uh, I don't think so, do you? And he's like, uh, okay, yeah, I see one. I don't think it's gonna happen, but those lights are really bright and these streamers are up there, so it could, but it didn't, so we're good, so we can celebrate that. Uh, but man, this is awesome, and I love that you guys are here. This is, um, I'm just gonna say it from the start, we believe that Monday nights are more than just a gathering. Like, this is more than us just coming together for a great night. We believe that this is a family. We say it all the time that this is the living room or TLR family. So since we're family, I would love to get to know you a little bit better. And since we're family, that means like we have freedom to ask each other questions. We have freedom to be real with one another and be transparent. So I just want to ask a few questions to get you know you guys a little bit better. It won't be anything too huge, but I acknowledge first off that some of you are not in college. This is this is the living room is for college age students. Some of you are taking a, a semester or two or three or you know a couple years off, whatever. That's awesome. Uh, others of you, you've already graduated, like all the praise hands, you know what I'm saying? Um, some of you though are, are in school, a lot of you are in school. School. And so I just want to ask, how are classes going? And this is like interactive. So just, just let me know how are they, how are they going. They're good. Stressful. Stressful. I hear you preach. Um, is any, has anyone skipped a class yet? Have, have you skipped class? Okay. You guys, <laughs> come on now. Okay. Next week we're talking about being faithful and attending class. That's what we're talking about. Um, it, it, the better question might be, is there a class that you haven't skipped yet? <laughs> Sis, only a few of you. Okay, that's awesome. Um, how about a bounce-off question to that? Um, do, do any of you have a job? Like maybe you're going to school and you have a job, or you have a job, that's why you're not in school. Okay, a lot of you have jobs. Uh, where do you work? Where do you work? Okay, but you said vestige management. That sounds serious. I love that. That's awesome. Uh, over here. Over here. Where do you work, man? Networks. Networks. That sounds serious, too. Anybody like work at Starbucks? Okay, cool. Uh, which one? Because I love... Okay, I'll get it. Can I come by for like a free? Okay, awesome. That's all I was looking for, really. Um, I have a more serious question, though. This is a more serious one, so I need you to, to this, again, we're family. Um, has, has anyone found your soulmate yet in college? Like, and, and listen, listen, listen. I'm not, I'm not asking. I'm, time out, time out, time out. I'm not asking, like, are you married? Okay, I'm not asking, are you married? I'm saying, have you had that moment where you're walking down campus and, you, and you're like, she's the one, he's the one, oh my goodness. Maybe that person is here tonight and they're sitting in your row. Don't look, that would be awkward. Don't look. Some of you are like, hey, you know, we haven't met. Exchange digits real quick. I'll give you, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, okay? Um, the last question I have, though, is this is for uh, those of you who live on campus. How is the food? How's the food? Okay, mixed reviews, a lot of like, uh, okay, uh, I'm guessing if you said it's good or like, okay, I'm guessing you're a freshman and give it two weeks. Give it two weeks and it'll be done. It'll be done. Um, that's just what I hear. But anyways, that's awesome. I feel like I know you guys a little bit better and I would love to kind of tell you a little bit about myself as well. My name's Matt and I lead uh, the living room here at Buckhead Church. I'm 26 years old and I do have a rap song on iTunes called Girl You Know. Uh, do we have a, yeah, 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 it's real, it's real. Um, and like, sometimes I try to be humble about it, but I'm just gonna come out and say it is lit. Like, it's lit. Like this song is like, it's, it, what's up? Well, I don't, I can't play it, but like it's by me. I could drop some bars. You want a couple bars? 
okay? Some people call her bae, ain't looking no other way. I just keep it real, girl, you know how I feel. Her style's so clutch, like Michael Jordan with that touch. When she walks through the mall, head's turning like, dang, y'all. Hey, okay, okay, so that was just a sneak peek, but it was an exclusive drop uh, in 2016. It was kind of a joke, like I'm not really a rapper. Um, it's, it's actually rap slash hip hop. A lot of people compare it to old school Drake. That's just what they say. Um, truth is, no one's ever said that, but uh, I think it sounds cool. So, but that's incredible. Um, I'm married. I wrote that song about, like, kind of about my wife. I don't know, maybe about my wife. You'll listen to it and you'll be like, this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so this is my wife, Ann. We've been married four and a half years. She's here. I would say stand up, but then she's going to be real mad about that. So I'm not going to do that. And I know what you're thinking right now. Um, right now, you're thinking, how? Matt, like how? And I've been wondering that for four and a half years. Uh, fellas, I have two things for you. And this is this honest truth. Um, uh, prayer, pray a lot, and miracles happen. So like, I'm holding out for you guys. Um, but we don't have any children yet. We've been married four and a half years. One of the main reasons we don't have children honestly um, is because I feel like we haven't lined up enough babysitters yet so by the end of the night uh, we're gonna have signups for Matt and Ann's babysit I'm, I'm joking I'm playing I'm just you're a nanny that's awesome uh, but no this is great um, let's see a couple more things I'll tell you really quick I'm the best worst dancer you'll ever meet and what I mean by that is I love to dance but I'm a terrible dancer um, but almost every single week on Monday nights like you're probably gonna see me dance at some point I'm just gonna be in my zone I'm gonna be feeling it and I'm gonna like hit it and that's gonna be that you know and we'll move on. Like, you're like, what was that? Like, what are you doing? I don't know, um, but I'm just telling you. But in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I felt like we need to get to know each other a little bit. But in all seriousness, I love college students. I really do. I love college campuses. I love the city of Atlanta. And I couldn't be more excited to kick off a brand new semester with you guys here tonight. And I want to start off tonight with a question. And this isn't a rhetorical question. A lot of questions we ask sometimes are rhetorical. But this is like, I, again, want to keep this interaction going. I want to know here. But the question I want to ask tonight as we get started is this. Where is home to you? So just, I need someone over here. Where, where, where are anyone in the front row? Where are you from? You're from Carrollton, Georgia. That's awesome. Okay. Anyone over here? Yeah. Where are you from? Chicago. Chicago. Come on. Yeah, that's awesome. Anybody from? Where, where are you from? London. That, you just read my mind because I was just about to say, is anyone from outside the United States? And I was literally praying for London because I love accents and a London accent is my favorite kind of accent. So that's incredible. I love that um, so much, so much. But I um, was born in St. Louis, Missouri. Any fellow Missourians in the room? Nobody? Okay, I know there's one because she's in my small group, though. That's awesome. Um, but anyways, yes, I'm from the Lou. Um, Nelly, come on. I lived there for 26 years, never ran into Nelly. It's, it's ridiculous. I don't even know that he really lives there, but whatever. Yeah, I think he does. Um, but yeah, so I'm from the Lou. But 10 months ago, uh, my wife and I, actually it'll be 10 months tomorrow, we moved to the ATL. We moved to Atlanta, and we, for the past nine and a half months, lived on the west side, and we love that part of town, uh, west side, best side, that's what I'm saying, and, um, and so we lived in this apartment complex, and it was great, and we had been there a couple weeks, and we were kind of, you know, starting to feel like home, like we were enjoying it, and so one night, we're hanging out at the apartment clubhouse, and we were hanging out because we hadn't had our Wi-Fi and, and cable, internet, or cable connected yet, and so we were using their cable and using their Wi-Fi. I think it's legal. I don't know, um, but we were spending a lot of time over there, and so we we're there and we're just hanging out and there's like this private room, like this study room they call it, where the door's shut and the walls are like a little bit thicker and there's this couple in there 
but there's this couple and they're sitting across from each other and they're clearly like having, you know, pretty intense conversation. But there's also like this third party in there, like this guy who's just third wheeling. And I don't know if he's a counselor or what, but he's like sitting there. And at first he's sitting there like, hey, I'm sorry you guys are in here, but I have work to do too. And he's just like doing his own thing. And I'm like, bro, you need to get out because this is like crazy. And it's starting to heat up. Like, like at first it was just kind of like they were going back and forth. I'm like, oh, they're probably arguing. Like, why didn't you take the trash out? You know, whatever. But then it like started heating up and the girl stands up and starts making accusations. And she's like, hey, listen, boy, what were you doing last weekend? And he's like, why does it matter what I was doing? And she's like, because I saw you down on Peachtree and you were hanging out with that girl. And he's like, it was my cousin. It was my sister. It's not a big deal. She's like, no, it wasn't. And he's like, well, who cares? And they're like getting in each other's faces at this point. And so I'm getting scared. Like I'm nervous. And so I I stand up and I'm about to walk out of the room and they see me and, and they come bolting out and I'm like, oh no, they're going to be like, you're nosy. What are you doing? And so I'm like, hey, I'm gone. I'm gone. Continue. And they're like, no, 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 man. I think we, we feel like we kind of like scared you a little bit. We're just practicing for a play that we're in. Like, this is cool. You know, it's cool. They're like, we don't even really know each other. We just, this was the best place we could come. And I was like, well, awesome. I'm mad. You guys live here. They're like, we do. And it was great. And so we loved the apartment. It was amazing. <laughs> I don't really even know why I shared the story, but, um, but, but yeah, so it started to feel like home. Like at that moment, two weeks in, we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to like this place. And then two weeks ago, we moved to Brookhaven, which is just, uh, yeah, okay, we got some Brookhaven people in here. Um, so that's just a couple miles away from here. And again, we're getting to learn the area. Like we have awesome neighbors and we're on a walk and we're kind of, you know, meeting all the people in the neighborhood and it's almost, you know, it's getting kind of dark and we're walking by this one house and there's this fence and, uh, and I'm just walking and I'm minding my own business and this dog at the perfect moment pops up and just goes, Ooh, and it literally like freaks me out. I almost have a heart attack. And I look up on the front porch, best part, there's this dude up there who is videotaping me on his phone, dying laughing. He posts that on YouTube. It now has 1.8 million views. I'm just kidding. This is all made up. <laughs> Anyways, you're like, come on, bro. But anyway, no, the, the dog story really happened, but he didn't video it. But I say all this to say, which we're starting to, it's starting to feel like home as well. But I say all that to say, when I ask you, where is home to you? I think what comes to mind usually for us at, at first is, is, a, is a place, like a place we grew up or a place we spent a lot of time, like a place that you made memories, a place where your family is, a place where you have neighbors that are faking fights in the clubhouse, you know, a place where, you know, people put their dogs out to almost bite your hand off when you're on a walk. Like that's maybe what comes to mind when you think of, of, of a home is that it's, 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 it's not just a place but it's a place filled with so many more things, a place where you can be comfortable, a place where you can be yourself, a place where you have freedom. See, home is more than a place. Home is, is so much more than a place, and you know this to be true. In fact, in every single season of life, no matter what age you are, no matter where you live, the things that make home feel like home are things that we look for in the midst of every season in life. The things that make home feel like home are things we look for in every single season of life. See, in every season of life, you wanna be surrounded by people who are for you. You wanna be surrounded by people that you can share experiences, that you can share inside jokes with. You, you wanna be surrounded by people where you know you belong. You don't think you belong, you, you absolutely know you belong. And in college, maybe for the first time ever, but probably more than any other season in life, at least I'll say that, you need to find a home away from home. Because think about it, think about it. You have a home 
Like the place that came to your mind, you have a home. A lot of you probably just left your home like a week or two or three weeks ago. That's still home. But for nine months at a time, you're away from home. And so in those nine months, you need to find a place that can be a home away from home, a home away from home. And for the next few weeks, for the first four weeks of this semester here at the living room, we're gonna be talking about how this church, Buckhead Church, and how the living room specifically can be just this for you. It can be home. It can be a home away from home. So tonight, we're gonna kind of lay the foundation for why I really do believe that this place can be a home away from home for every single one of you. And in order to do that, we're gonna look at a really huge question. In fact, it's one of the biggest questions, one of the most asked questions in all the Bible, specifically in all the New Testament. The New Testament is the second part of the Bible, everything from the birth of Jesus on. And this is the question that the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day of this time and the teachers of the law, this was a question that they were constantly asking. And it's this question right here. Who belongs in the family of God? Who belongs in the family of God? See, they were asking this question and they wanted to figure it out. They're like, who belongs? And the scene picks up and where we're gonna look tonight is Luke chapter 15, verse one. And we pick up the scene right here. Check this out. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and, and eats with them? So you can get this picture here. Jesus is, is gathering around with the tax collectors and sinners. These guys were the worst of the worst. Like they were the, the bad dudes. Like you don't want to be around them. Meanwhile, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the guys that were supposed to be really religious and good guys, they're gathering around. And I can just imagine that they're like, yo, you see this? That, that's Jesus. Like what's he doing? Like why is he gathering with those people? This doesn't make any sense. Why? He's even eating with them. Like that's like showing that he's associating with them. This isn't right. See, for the Pharisees, and the teachers of the law, they use religion as a system of exclusion. They use religion as a system of exclusion. They believe that certain people weren't allowed in the family of God, that you had to act a certain way. You had to talk a certain way. You had to even look a certain way. And they said, those people, the people that Jesus is hanging around, those people definitely, like they definitely do not belong in the family of God. And so in response to this, Jesus tells them three parables. A parable is just a short story. And he tells them three short stories in response to this. And the first uh, parable that he tells them is a parable of the lost sheep. See, there's this shepherd and the shepherd had at one time 100 sheep, but he loses one. So now he's got 99 sheep, but one's gone. Okay, and, and he is like, he's going, he's going crazy about this. He's like, we gotta find this one sheep. Like he is willing to leave the 99 to go find the one that's lost. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, like if I got 99, 99 is real close to 100. Like, like I'm cool. I'm like, hey, you know, take a few more. Like it's not a big deal. Like I'm going Jay-Z on them. I got 99 sheep. I ain't looking for the one, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Pick up on that, yeah. Um, so anyways, like that's, that's just my philosophy. Like I'm like, you got 99 what are you worrying about one that's lost for? Like, like, who cares? But that wasn't his mindset at all. No, he was gonna do whatever it takes to find this one sheep that was lost. And eventually he finds it and he celebrates and he throws a party. And this is really a picture of a logical love, a love that, that doesn't even make any sense. A love where you, you think about that and you're like, what? What, like what? That doesn't make any sense. Why would he do that? This is an illogical love. But if we want to know who all is welcome in the family of God, then we have to realize that God's heart, his character, is that he expresses an illogical love for people. 
The next parable Jesus goes on to tell, he follows that one up with a parable of the lost coin. So there's a woman who has 10 coins, but she loses one. Okay, so again, I'm like, hey, big deal. Like, they're just coins. You lost one. You're good. You still got nine. But no, this woman goes, and she's searching everywhere, like passionately, frantically searching. She is, again, getting people together. She's like, we've got to find this lost coin. And eventually, she finds it, and she celebrates again and throws a party. And this is an example of relentless love, relentless love. And if we want to know who is welcome in the family of God, then we have to realize that our Father God His heart, his character is to express relentless love towards his people. And a logical love and a relentless love. And then he follows that up. He finishes off with with the third parable. And it's the parable of the lost sons or commonly known as as the parable of the prodigal son. And we pick it up right here. Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Check this out. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So this is crazy because this man has two sons and there's an older son, a younger son, obviously two sons. One's going to be older, one's going to be younger. But um, So there's the younger son, okay? And the younger son goes to the father and he's like, hey dad, um, you're, you're getting kind of old. And so like, why don't you just go ahead and give me my share of the inheritance? Give me my money now. Like, I'll just take it and go. And this is crazy because how entitled is this? Like, like, could you imagine that? Could you imagine going to your elderly father and being like, hey, you're about to like pass away, you know, probably sometime soon. So why don't you just give me my inheritance now, you know? But what's even more crazy is the dad says yes. The dad's like, here you go, go for it. And the son, it says he goes off and he wasted all away. He goes off and he is partying. He's going to probably what's the modern day equivalent of Las Vegas. And he just lives it up. Like he is having the time of his life until he hits a point where, everything's gone. He hits rock bottom and he gets so low. He gets so broken to where he is now working in a field with a bunch of pigs and he sees what the pigs are eating in the field. And he thinks to himself, wow, I would be better off eating what these pigs were eating. That's how broken he is. That's how low he is. It says this verse 17, when he came to his senses, have you ever had a a moment in life where you've come to your senses Like maybe you've been in a relationship before and um, like you broke up with the person and a couple weeks later, like you were super sad for those two weeks. Like a couple weeks later, you're like, like, why? Why was I in that relationship? Or the opposite, I'll give you credit. Maybe you're like, what did I do? I need to get back with that person, you know, whatever. Or or like maybe you've gotten to a point and you just, you, you don't understand. You've come to your senses, like you made a bad decision and you're like, Man, like I said something and in the moment, it felt so good to just throw that arrow at that person. But then like that night I realized, wow, why did I say that? Like that was so hurtful. And I've been in those moments before. And oftentimes when we're in those moments, those light bulb kind of moments, like this son is experiencing, what happens is, is we realize, wow, like we need to make this up. And so the son realizes, I need to make this up to my father. Like I need to, to go back. I want to go back home, but I need to have a speech And so if you're like me, like when I'm in these kinds of moments, like I like to prepare my speeches like, like sandwiches to where I go. And it's like, Hey dad, okay. I wrecked your car. Um, but I start my speech off with, um, a a good top bun where it's like, Hey, I love you. Like you're amazing. You guys have impacted my life more than you know. And then you slide in some bad stuff and you're like, I I wrecked the car today, but then you like throw some good condiments on there. But you're like, but I'm alive. It's just a material thing. Who cares? Right. And then you finish it off. You're like, I love you, dad. I'll see you later. You know, the son could have done that. He could have did that, but that's not what he chose to do. He could have went back to the dad and he could have walked up to him 
And he could have been like, hey, dad, look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. He didn't do that, though. Um, by the way, not a huge fan of that song anyways, but um, he could have done that. Like, like he could have went to the dad and he could have said that. He could have been like, dad, this is your fault. Like, you're so much older than I am. Why would you give me my inheritance? You, you knew I was going to go waste it. This is, this is terrible. But he didn't do that. No, he took it really, really seriously. And he knew he had messed up. And in fact, he was going to go back to the father and he was going to say, father, I'm no longer worthy to even be called your son. Like, I'm no longer worthy to be welcomed in this family. Like, I know what I've done. I know what I've done. I just want to be a hired servant. I'm so low. That's how broken he was. And so we don't know exactly how long of a walk it was for this younger son to get back home. But I imagine it might have been pretty long, and I imagine he was nervous. I was imagine he, he was like rehearsing this in his mind. You ever done that where he's like, okay, I'm going to start it off with like, hey, dad, no, that's too, you know, like nonchalant. I'm going to be like, sir, no, he's my dad. You know, like, I don't know. I'm sure he was nervous, and he's thinking all this through. But he finally gets close to home, and in verse 20, it says this. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. This is amazing. While the son was still a long way off, meaning that the father had to be going to a spot every single day where he could see from a long way off. Like the father was anticipating the son's arrival. And when he sees him from a long way off, the father not only just sees him and starts yelling and is like, go away, it better, you better have a good speed. No, he runs to him. He's filled with compassion and he throws his arms around him and he kisses him. This is, this is crazy. This doesn't make any sense. We go on verse 21 and the son's like, okay, dad, I'm, I, this is awesome. Like, thanks for the hug, but like, I got a speech. And he's like, here it is. Um, the son said to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. And we keep reading verse 22. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf. He's like, hey, we're about to have a party. We're about to have a party where like the cops get called and I don't even care because my son's home. Like we, cops, you can join in on the party because we ain't turning down. Like this is gonna happen. He's like, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Let's have a feast and celebrate. Verse 24, for this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. It's almost like he, he didn't even care. He didn't even care. He's like, no, you don't understand. This son of mine was dead and he's alive. He was lost and he was found. He was gone, but now he's back home. He's home. See, this is a picture of extravagant love. Extravagant love. If we want to know who's welcome in the family of God, then we have to realize that our father, God, his character, his heart is to express extravagant love towards his people. He tells three parables. The first one is the lost sheep, which expresses illogical love. Then the lost coin, which expresses relentless love. Then the parable of the lost son, which expresses extravagant love. See, the Pharisees, the, the religious leaders of the day, they used religion as a way to exclude. But Jesus died to include. And he said that every single person is welcome in the family of God. He says, every single person is welcome in the family of God. A footnote to this story, just because I want to finish this here, and this is important. Verse 28, check this out. 
Meanwhile, the response of the older brother is a little bit different than the response of the father. It says the older brother became angry. He refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. Keep going. But he answered his father, look, all those years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat. I can't even get a goat from you. So I could celebrate with my friends. But, then, but when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. See, the son was in a place where he didn't think that his brother was worthy to be forgiven. He didn't think that his brother could just go and do these things and then just be welcomed back home. He didn't understand what the father saw. See, because the father saw what God sees, that a home is where your future is not defined by your past. Students, a home is where your future is not defined by your past. And this is good news for some of you in the room. Because for some of you in the room, I know you're coming into a place in a space like this tonight where you're like, man, I, I don't really know that I like belong here. I'm feeling like this is weird. Maybe you haven't been to church, you know, in a long time or ever. And, and you're like, like, I just, you know, my past doesn't really say that I belong here. But I just want to let you know that this place, the living room is designed to be a home away from home. And the living room is a place where your future is not defined by your past. See, God says, no, I've, I've redeemed your past. I have amazing plans for your future. You don't have to be perfect. Just come on a journey with me. See, the father saw that a home is a place where illogical, relentless, extravagant love lives. Where illogical, relentless, and extravagant love lives. The living room will be a place where illogical, relentless, and extravagant love will always live. That's what this place is. That's why we believe that this can be a home away from home. So maybe for some of you, you're in the room tonight and you've walked away from God and you need to realize that God's never walked away from you. Maybe you're in the room tonight and you've never even taken a step towards God. Like you've never even pursued him, but you need to know tonight that you've been on God's radar for a long, long time. From the moment you were born, you were on God's radar. Maybe you're in the room tonight and you're kind of like the older brother. And for you, it's just hard in this season of your life to not judge people, to, to not look at people and be like, oh man, like you just disgust me, like no way am I gonna forgive you, and that's you. And maybe tonight you just need to be reminded that every single person you lock eyes with is a person whom Jesus died for. Every single person you lock eyes with is a person whom Jesus died for. So as the band comes up tonight and as we get ready to close here, um, I just wanna read a letter for you guys. And this is a letter that I wrote last night at about 1.30 in the morning as I'm thinking about you guys. And I'm thinking, I just wanna tell everyone in this room why this place can be a home away from home. See, because this is awesome. Like we love that this place is filled with people. And like, I would love it if we, we have a space below us that's bigger than this, like twice the size. And I would love it if we could move out of here and get in that space. Not because we want a lot of people coming to the living room on Monday nights, although we do. But the reason we want a lot of people is because we believe that there are so many people that need to know this good news. There are so many people within your reach on your campuses that need to find a home away from home. So as I'm thinking about tonight, I'm thinking, man, what, what could I tell them? So I just started typing up some thoughts and I just want to read this to you. And this is where we'll close. And I'm not like a super emotional guy and I don't think I'm going to cry, but I, I could. I'm just warning you. Um, cause I love you guys. I really do. And this is a family. 
to the person who doesn't have it all together. You've messed up, you struggle, you're not perfect, you wanna live a life that makes a difference, but you look in the mirror and you don't believe that you have what it takes. To all of you who desperately want your college-aged years to tell a story that's worth sharing, this is for you. The living room isn't perfect. It's far from it. It's not just a place where we gather on Monday nights. It's people. It's a family. Everyone matters. We're all in this together. You have a role to play. You belong even before you believe, or even if you never do. You are loved always. When you mess up, and you will, don't run from the church, run to it. You can come as you are, and you can come back as you are. The living room should be the safest place for you to talk about anything. It's okay to not be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. There is always hope, always grace, always second chances, always love. We're gonna laugh together, cry together, sing together, dance together, eat together a lot, and we will celebrate with and for one another. There are over 80,000 college students in the city of Atlanta who need to know that they're invited to the party and we will do whatever it takes to get them here. They need to know that their future is not defined by their past. They need to know that there is a God that has an illogical, relentless, extravagant love for them. They need to find a home. The living room is a home away from home for so many people. And our hope is that it will be a home away from home for every single one of you. So here's what I wanna do as we, uh, I'll show you clapping. Here's what I wanna do as we close tonight. And we mean this when we say that this is a family. And what I wanna do, and, and this could be weird, but it, it's not, it's not weird. I want every single one of you to stand up and I just want you to lock arms like with the person around you. And even if you don't know them, it's cool. Just be like, hey, well, it's only gonna last a second. I just want you to lock up. If you forgot to put on deodorant, just say, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I love this. I love this. Because this right here is a picture of what you need in college. You need this. You need a place that is more than just a gathering. You need a place where you can come and be you. You need a place where you can find a home away from home where no matter what's going on in your week, you're overwhelmed, you're stressed, but you come here and you can just go, man, there's a God that's for me. There's a God that loves me. There's a God that actually believes that my past doesn't have to define my future. And I want that. And that's what this place is. So I'm just gonna say a prayer for us tonight. And then we're gonna close out with the song. So God, we come to you tonight. And Lord, we say thank you. Thank you that even when we stray so far away, that you promise if we take a step towards you, you come running towards us. And you say, welcome home. And God, I believe that there might be some students in the room tonight that maybe for the first time or maybe they're returning back to you and tonight in heaven, you are shouting, welcome home, welcome home. And so God, we believe that this coming semester, this fall 2017 semester, that you're gonna do some incredible things in this space. 
And God, we know there's so many more people who are gonna start to join this community over the coming weeks, and we wanna welcome them in, Lord. We want this to be a home away from home that's centered on you, the one who paid it all, the one who defeated everything. And so God, we love you tonight, and we proclaim that you're higher than any other name. It's in your mighty name we pray, amen.